Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mama podcast brought to you by the life-changing Proudess and the lovely Golding Accountancy, who is my guest this week. So Ian, well, you'll hear how I know Ian. Um, He's literally the nicest guy in the world. And we don't just talk about accountancy in... (laughs) Accounting. Accounting. Um, We talk about uh, the IVF he and his wife had, their premature twin boys they were very fortunate enough to have. Um, oh, I've got to stop saying um. It's amazing, isn't it? The things you do just automatically. <laughs> I was going to do it again then. I need to train myself. And the joys of running your own business and setting up on your own. And his love of barbecuing food and other stuff. It's just a really nice chat. He's honestly, he's so lovely. And it's interesting for careers wise as well, how you come to certain jobs in life and whatever else. But yeah, so. Here is the lovely, 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 <laughs> lovely Ian, and I'll see you in a bit. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Work. There you go. There you go. Okay, I've learned something new. Yeah. My headphones. They're amazing. You've been gaming yeah. too much. <laughs> They're my daughter's. Mm. I've got my ones I used to plug in. No, I didn't, they were Bluetooth, but they've died. So I got like, they were on the head ones, but I find these squish my head because where I wear glasses as well, I find it all a bit much. So I got some like knockoff AirPod things. That's possibly so why they don't work. Them. <laughs> <laughs> they just stopped working. Yeah, fair enough. So I was like, do you know what? And I was doing it with Pip and he's like, you've always got to plug, plug everything in because that way it doesn't, and I'm like, okay, all right. To be fair, these are my air, these are just my AirPods, but, you know, hopefully this isn't too okay. They're proper ones. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah so I'm on, I'm on the third case. <laughs> I keep trying, keep losing the cases, but thankfully a client, a client literally gave me a case, so we ran it for dinner, and I was talking to one of them, and he was, uh, like, I was talking to Neil, I was like, oh, I've got, I've got like, I was just joking myself, I've bloody lost my, Lost epoxy bloody headphones case. So I've gone out for a, just walked home, but I mean, the office is like five minutes from home, but I walked, so I've done like three or four miles. It's having a bad day. I must have just like, you know, they just got a little hinge bit. Chucked in my pocket and probably missed or whatever because I had music going full blast in my head. Didn't notice it. And then like we sat down at dinner, we're talking about it, and his husband just goes, oh, I've got, I've got a spare. I've got a spare one. So it's got a lovely little kissy face emoji on it. And he goes, there you go. So I was like, do you want anything? Because you can buy you can buy them all. Like you can buy a left one, a right one, or that, like separate bits, but it's quite expensive, obviously. Then he goes, I've got a spare one. I'd, I'd lost one headphone, so I went and bought another. It's like you two have got too much money. So I've got a spare case out of him. And about a day later, I found another one out the back. We asked, like, of the office, we asked people in the flats, if they, you know, we just assumed it's like the kids or something to drop one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just one of those. I've got a spare now, yeah. So going for another rate of knots. Uh, yeah, hey ho. Excuse, excuse the hair in the uh, video as well. I'm, I'm on crutches at the moment because I'm bloody busting the knee up, so I can't be. What did you do? Um, I literally stood over outside the office. I ran across the road. Um, the, the, the staff here have got like, they're taking a piss, they're rotten. Because I slid, I, I literally ran across the road, like, you kind of like skip onto the pavement. My right leg went flying, my left knee just buckled. I like, um, ruptured my quad. So that was, ooh. Yeah, that was two weeks ago today. She was like Monday night. Yeah, so that's um, that's a that's a knee and two Achilles in the space of two and a half years. <laughs> I've done. <laughs> that was Do you play football? No, not anymore. I've fought it. No, no chance. I was playing squash. Those two were playing squash. So I was doing sport, but oh, okay. I just thought it was bad for me. I've got an allergic apparently. <laughs> so um, yeah, for this time. No, I've got four weeks and they've got, like, I'm going, not tomorrow, Wednesday, I'm going to the hospital and they give them, I've got, like, a frame around it. Um, like, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, splint or whatever around my knee, but they can they can change it and give you more angle so you can move your leg. So give you, like, 30 degrees okay. and it's 60 to 90 and all that kind of thing. Um, but I think I've got four weeks on crutches, but I never know when you read the, the your discharge papers where I go, oh, you've got six weeks non-weight-bearing, partial weight-bearing, sorry. It's okay, but not, I swear they start that from like whenever they fancy starting it from. So I do with my, like being on crutches for the Achilles and you're like, oh great. <laughs> so it's just like, 
It's going really well because obviously there's no going into tax return season, so we're meant to be having my new Colchester office a lot with Anthony, and now I can't drive, so he's loving that. So. <laughs> so you've got two offices now? We have now, yeah. We bought Colchester in June. Well, first of June, you completed on it, so we had it up there six months. So it's cool. Okay. Yeah, it's quite cool. Mm. Yet, is my lovely sponsor, <laughs> yep. Golding Accountancy. But Hello. I'm not going to tell people that that's what mm. the podcast is kind of about because people probably won't listen. Will they? Or care. Or care. Because accountants are really boring. But how I know you is you're my best friend, Lindsay's cousin. Correct, yep. And but we've only ever met like twice or maybe three times in real life. Although we, I don't think we met that often. We, we, we talk all the time, I was going to say, we talk all the time. I mean, I've been de- we've been working together for years. We've we've yeah. spoke for years together and just about yeah. different bits and pieces. We just don't, I, I swear I've only ever met you two or three times. Lindsay's wedding, months when she was over, over from America, visiting, we were at uh, some restaurant in Basildon, good old Baz, where everybody met up. And then I'm sure we've met, you know, a another, maybe at a mum's or something, but... <laughs> Mm. But obviously, so I, one of my many jobs that I do is I do self-assessment tax returns for people. Mm. And I do kind of deal with a bit of accounts, but I've never actually really done any qualifications. So basically, because Ian is such a lovely person, anytime I got asked a question by someone that I had no idea <laughs> the answer to, I'd always phone Ian and say, Ian, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. please help me. Exactly. Yeah. So when did you, I mean, when you were a little boy? No, I didn't want to be an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the origin story is literally, you know, when you're at school, they, they have like careers days or whatever. And then at the time, there was like, a couple, you, you might remember it, but they, they'd had like a book. It was a program, I think, by the time I was at school. I mean, that was a long time ago, I know, but... They had like this, this, these, these books or this program that kind of you went through what you could do at school and what you could do as a career. I had no idea. And let's face it, maybe really all, all the really exciting jobs you've got to be really good. So, you know, if you want to be a pilot or something, you've, well, I'm colourblind, somebody screwed at that. But it, it was literally, I went, oh, what can you do? It's like, well, I could do maths. I'm quite good at maths. Yeah, all right, then. It's about the only thing I was good at at school. And he goes, oh, you can be an accountant. You can earn like really good money. You can earn like 40 grand a year, which is really good money. Well, maybe not now, or inflation, but at now it sounds oh, fantastic, yeah, I'll do that, could have really good money. Uh, it wasn't until I started working for myself that I got even close to what I said I could do. So I kind of, I slightly fell into it. I knew I, knew I wanted to work for myself because Golding being my baby. Um, I, uh, but it was never a, uh, oh, I'll be an accountant. Yeah, there, that, that gets the girls, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, come look at my calculator. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> so very much you, have you always done it? Did you go college and do? I went to went to college and did like all my A levels, but weirdly, I knew at that point because we'd done the careers day. That's that's literally what, what put pushed me down. It. I went to college. Went to one college which was like a uh, like a sixth form of another senior school in the area because our senior school at the time didn't have a sixth form, which is shame because I love that. School. I've, I got on well there. You know, you, I know you do and you don't, but I got on well there. I was lucky yeah. there. I went to this other sixth form and just didn't, didn't really like it, but then it was new, didn't know anyone, etc., etc. Then um, I went to a different college, which I 
met my best mate and funnily enough his wife now works with me um, but um, I, I sat there did the options and I said oh, what do you want to do and I was like oh, I'll do maths I'll do further maths I'll do physics found them all at A-level by the way I just want to make that very, very clear um, never completely screwed it up so I couldn't get into uni um, but one that I could have done like well, I got like um, C, two Ds and an E. I discovered alcohol, and that's much more fun than learning when you're 16, yeah, right? Yeah. 17. But, um, I mean, that doesn't sound very hard. Yeah, but I could have done an accountancy A level, but I chose physics instead, and I have no idea why. <laughs> so, why? Exactly. Uh, there is a lot in there. I mean, it's quite, don't get me wrong, it's quite interesting. I still enjoy that kind of thing. I find it very interesting, but it, it always, it's always going to depend on your tutors or your teachers or your, whoever to make it interesting, right? Um, I mean, now I'd love listening to like an Infinite Monkey Cage podcast, like of uh, Brian Cox, because he, you know, he makes it, he's so passionate, right? it's so interesting. Yeah. You're like, that's really good. If you had a tutor like that, you'd be like, oh, I'm really enjoying this, and you learn so much easier. Oh, it's yeah. easier, but oh god knows. Yeah, so I did all that. Then I got to a point where um, I did the A levels, hated it all. I'd lost. To be fair, I mean this is an early excuse, but I'd lost my mum at like, the beginning of doing the A levels, so it kind of does knock you for six a bit. Funny enough, but it's not really an excuse. I just discovered alcohol, and alcohol was much more fun, and I found it a bit more. I didn't find it find it particularly easy, and I think that was my problem. I was, I was lucky enough that like, I've GCSEs and like, I, was, I found it a little easier. Whereas A-levels were like, oh God, this is horrible. So I'm kind of like, I was like, right, this is the end of it. I'm, I think I got to a point where I just wanted to go and earn money. Um, but then I finished my A-levels, started working in a pub for six months and a friend of the family was a recruiter, but for one, they were called Connections. They're like a government-backed recruiter. So it's just getting people into work, like young people into work. I mean, they closed them down then, and I basically all everyone made redundant for them, which just sucked. But they got me a job on accountancy for them. I was like, well, I could do maths. So I went and joined there, and then did, it all kind of went from there. Did about 12 years. Did you study while you were there? Yeah, so they give you like day release, and they give you all that kind of thing, which is great. Um, yeah. And actually, I quite enjoyed that, because again, you went, to, you went to colleges, but you were all there for a specific reason. It was quite boring, it's quite a dry subject, so I'm quite happy to admit to you. But once it was done, you went back and you were still earning, you were getting paid for your time as well. That's just kind of got, got to a point where I'm learning for the sake of learning, is it worth doing? Um, yeah. yeah, and then I was like, oh, I'm working for an accountancy firm now. Actually, this isn't so bad. Um, and then, yeah, you get onto the point where you go, oh, yeah, I could always earn more money, X, Y, Z, doing this, that, and that, and you, you don't. Well, you don't, not necessarily, you know, but there's some people now, I was at a retirement dude at the, the company a few weeks back, just before I did my name, funny enough, and there's so many people there that I used to work with, but then we used to, it was really social as well, because there was a lot of people training there, so it was only in, like, Chelsea, it was only in Chelsea, so it wasn't, it's was like, big firms, top 75 firm, but not like, you're not talking like your top four auditors or anything hor- horrendously boring like that. But just chatting away to them, you remember just how much you used to go out, make really good friends out of it, and you know, that kind of thing, which is brilliant. I kind of wish I hadn't left there, to be honest with you, but you know, these things happen. And then Dwayne started. When did you leave? I left there in like, 2008, I think, seven, something like that. Was that to start up yourself? Oh, God, no, 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 no. I went left there, went to some tiny little firm, which were fine, but they didn't even have a, um, didn't even have a website. And everybody even then had websites, and you're like, oh, what am I doing? So I was there for six months. 
then went to another firm which was there for five and a half years which is pretty much the same just a rival local rival of where I trained and then probably enjoyed being there for about five and a half years at which point I was all you, you know you, you, you have your mates but like you, you know like you do a couple of tax returns you, you have some oh, can you do tax return can you do this can you do that you know, oh yeah fantastic and all of a sudden, like, wow, if I did this, hang on, limited company fees like 800 quid. Well, if I had 50 of those, wow, I don't know, I don't know, 40 grand a year. I'd only work five days like a month if that. Yes, that, that's not true, by the way. <laughs> and you're working more and more and more, and it all just stresses yours. But then I left, then I left in March 14 to basically to get out away from the practice of my, I could grow on my own. But then I went and worked for like Marsh and McLennan, which are John Norman's insurance brokers. Then I went and worked for a countryside, which were at the time the largest independent um, uh, like housing developer. Like, they do really nice, they do very nice houses. And Brother Ball was bought a few of them now, you know, um, and they're really nice. But um, I was like, oh, I'll work for myself. And I got to that point where you become completely and totally unemployable. Because you just don't want to work for someone to dictate dictating your twelve plus hour days, and then I was going home, I was working for myself as well, and then working all weekend. And my, my wife was not happy. We weren't married at the time. No, no, we were. We got married while we were there. I was like countryside. So yeah, you know, you do all this, and you're like, that's it, working for myself. I'm sick of this. And to be honest with you, it got to a point where I was either going to get sacked or lose all my clients, or more likely both. So I quit. They paid me off until the end of March, or that was in the January I quit. They paid me off to the end of March, which was brilliant. It really, that was a huge help. Um, and then I was like, thank you very much. And uh, I've been doing that since what, January 16? Since now what, so this year will be eight years actually, which has gone super quick. Best thing I ever did. Yeah, quick, but I always think you've been doing it for longer. Probably have. Well, I was doing a lot of it personally. Outside of, you know, on the side you do, everybody does it for a bit of pocket money. And yeah. you know, and then Bruce says, Well, I don't do it. You either don't do it at all because nobody's asked you, or you definitely do it. That's so it. How cause... Did you get your clients? Did you take clients with you? Oh, no, no, no. They, they tried to sue me because they thought I had, which now I say is a huge badger on them because they thought I was going to absolutely decimate the client base. But I didn't touch a single one of them. Obviously, at that point, as soon as I got the letter through the post, I went on to like, I'm really sad I got the company's house app. <laughs> Remembered every single client I could, and I favourited them. But I've never, I've never stolen a client from them. They've passed a few, yeah. out, they've passed a few our way now. Because Anthony, the tax director, he, he was there as well, so we that's how we knew each other. We, you know, we've had a few friends there who've then, well, actually a couple have left and sat on their own as well. And they've said at the time like, that we want to lose these clients. They're not very good for us, but perfect for you. So more the merrier. Welcome aboard. And then now it's just recommendation. The amount of people go, oh, are you taking, do you mind taking on new clients? Yes, we'll take them on. If we've not got resources, it doesn't matter. We'll hire someone. We'll take on the clients. Let us worry about the, the stress later. Because there's always, for, for, for the owners, you've always got more, there's always more hours you can do until you can uh, employ someone else, you know. But then employing someone's pain in the arse nowadays. It's so there's such a skills gap that it's cost cost a fortune. Yeah, I think it's a little bit COVID. But if I'm honest with you, it's the dreaded B word Brexit completely shot everybody in the foot because there's there's no one exactly. There's no there's nobody there's nobody around. Uh, there's nobody moving to the UK to want to be an accountant now from Europe 
because obviously London in a huge was still is kind of but it was a huge financial centre. So people would move in to get jobs there. But then what would happen is if people were trained at the big four firms and then they'd move out, they'd have a completely different skill set. Because working for a big four versus working for someone outside is completely different. I mean our turnover is like a point of a point of a point percent of them. But it, it, we do completely different work, you know, they've never probably seen a tax return in their lives working there. But um yeah, it's just trying to get hold of people really at the moment. And then prices, are, you know, the wages have gone through the roof and then you've got to pay for recruiters and that's like 10, 20% of the, their annual salary. If you've got to pay that in the first month and, and pay them. And, oh, it's horrid. Don't work. Don't ever employ them. Yeah. Yeah. It's expensive. Um, Why? My wages haven't gone up. No, no. Never mind. <laughs> it's recruiters. They're bastards. <laughs> Oh, okay, so yeah. Wages up. Well, they, oh, they do. They it, it happens, but it's just different people's. It depends what it is. But we've just found yeah. mm. people's wages. People's wages do need to go up because the cost of living's gone up. But are you? Have you put your prices up to match the? No, not but not the cost of living kind of percentage. Is what what ten percent? We'd lose half out of the client base. Well, maybe not, maybe not. But we are we are slowly doing it. But then he's trying to justify your value. And that's the biggest thing, because you've got to sell yourself, and then you've got you've got to sell yourself to to say, well, I want need to put the prices up, and the major thing on you is, hang on, what are you doing different? Nothing. Well, no, you are doing different because normally what the what's then normally has happened is you're you're working for free on certain things. You're offering services out to your clients, and you go, oh, I'll help you out. I'll help you out. You know, look, you can have your registered office here. Um, we've, we normally charge hundred quid for that. Um, and it sounds quite a lot just having the office yeah, but you know you get all the post for you deal with all of the you sort all through everything you, you've got then got to pay staff to scan you've got to pay staff to then email out and deal with everything else so but if you haven't offered that service then I yeah but I never really wanted that service we did because it was free and it's just all those kind of things but some clients are more than willing some aren't it's just everyday life you know everybody will say that it's the same I don't, I don't want to pay more for stuff you don't want to pay more for stuff nobody wants to pay more for things in general, but you do. <laughs> so it's just trying to argue it, and I normally come back to you use the um, use the analogy of a, an iPhone. It's like oh, I can't afford you. It's like you can't afford me. What, what phone have you got? I've got a new iPhone fifteen. Whatever. What's the new iPhone? I don't know. Mine's in eleven, I think. I don't, ten. I don't know. But it is it is that whole thing of well, I can't afford you. Okay, why have you got a new iPhone? You've got a Huawei or a something else android something something just android that's 100 pounds for the handset rather than the grand and of course the answer is no because i want it okay do you want to work with us please work with us yes you do big brilliant right this is the price you know and then you're you're onto the whole trying to help everybody out and uh, you've got to come to the right price it's all part of fun the game of running any business i just have to run 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 an accountancy firm um it's the same with fun now, well, in, in Rayleigh, we, there's five of us, all employed. Yeah. In Colchester, there's three employees, and then there's the two ex-directors who we brought out who are now kind of consultants. So te- okay. technically five there. We did have six, Jane, she was absolutely lovely, mad as a bo- box of frogs, but she, she retired, and I could not convince her to stay, which is fair enough. I really wish it a real shame because she was lovely, and we got well with her, but yeah, it's one of those. All right, all the best to you. She wouldn't, she wouldn't write the um, resignation letter we all wanted, which is just abuse towards us. I said, screw you guys, I'm off. Um, 
which is that tradition here. It's like if you quit, it doesn't matter if it's good reason or bad reason, you have to be the most abusive resignation letter you can think of. Um, just for more to put it up on the wall for a laugh, but you know, <laughs> she wouldn't do it. She just wouldn't do it. So when you started, yep. how long did it take for you to employ your first person? Um, I didn't employ anyone until I made my first acquisition, which was June seventeenth, or proper acquisition, which was June seventeenth. So I bought a I bought a firm. And it was that at the time that was a big but for Colchester. We bought Colchester, Colchester's there's more clients, but there's lower fees than us. We've kind of we can have, you know, we've expanded, not as big. Whereas the first one I did was, you know, I had a nice, comfortable fee bank, but I wanted more. And that came with three or four members of staff, plus the ex-director. We then kind of quadrupled our size overnight. Or tri- triple us, quadrupled us, I can't remember now. It, it was big. But it, it was stupid, if I'm perfectly honest with you, but at the time it was a very, very aggressive way to grow. So that's, that's when they came in. We, I did have... I did have a young lady called Yaz working for us, but I shared her with uh, my biggest client. She was like admin support, that kind of role. Um, but it got to the point where I wasn't really using her and um, my biggest client needed her more. So yeah. she stopped working for me and just like worked for him. But again, it's like when you, it depends on your size. If it's just you and your own. Sometimes it's, you need more, you're trying to earn more money rather than use things that will free up your time. And if you've got no confidence of freeing up your time will give generate more income, which I didn't at the time, um, then you know it's it's a cost. It's a cost to just generate some, you know, to, to free you up. Whereas now we're always trying to find ways of generating more time, basically. Because at the end of the day, that's all we ever sell is our time. You know, as a any anything that's more like a I say professional, I don't think it's professional, but a profession, sorry. So more like, you know, solicitors or consultants or something or accountants or anything really. I mean you could be you're you're a teacher at the end of the day, you're selling your time, you're getting a salary, but you're selling your time. You're not you're not adding value to a product you've built, have you? Say like Proud S, yeah, you know, Proud S you are. On the Proud S side you're you're selling products and time, I know, but and but on the, your your tax side, your your it's your time to generate income to by preparing a return for someone. And that's where it really kind of comes down to. So the more time you can generate, hopefully more pounds per hour you can make. Maybe. Or or free up to spend your fact, depending on where you are in your, your business or in your life or what your choices are. It could be you want the life more of a, a, a Call it a lifestyle business. I think it's a nonsense. You want to free up your time to be um, to be able to spend more time with your kids, or you know that kind of thing, which is great. Which is where we are now with this office, where I live. I live five minutes one way, and my children go to school five minutes the other way. So I can go and pick them up if they're desperate for me to go and pick them up, or go to their assemblies, or you know that kind of thing. Or of course, my wife walks past with them even when they're up against the window, their tongues licking my window because they're weird little sods. But <laughs> but it's great because I get. To, but I get to see them. Well, as long as I'm not in Colchester office, I get to see them other than before school and after, you know, before bed. Yeah. Um, which is great, even if it's just them either running the office for five minutes and causing chaos, or just shoving their faces up against the window, which they do quite often, which is a bit worrying. How old are they now? Four and a half twins. So. Yeah, four and a half, yeah. yeah. So, not so co- what was, what's twins like? Um, think of one, but double it, it's a nightmare. They're, they're great. We've got, so, you know, we've got two kids, which is great, which is what we wanted. Um, so the positive is you then don't have to go through the baby phase again. Yeah. 
Yeah. You don't have to go through the whole rigmarole of getting pregnant again. You don't have to. I say we don't have to. It was obviously not me. Don't put any effort in that in any of that. But um, you know. Did you have IVF? Yeah. So we knew we were going to have yeah, we knew we were going to have twins out of it. So yeah. which was a little bit of a risk, which we didn't really know about. Well, we did know about, but didn't think of at the time. I guess. Um, how long did you try for? Well, before that, oh yeah. years, probably two, three, four years. But then, yeah. Susie wanted to get married first, which is fine, makes sense as well. She was just, just, just did. So I was like, fine. I was quite happy not to, but you know, although then we've been married eight, nine years now, I should really know that. Um, you know, it's um, yes, yeah, so we went for all of that, and then just wasn't happening. So we went for all of the RVF fun, and the first time you do that is an absolute shit show. It will always be unless you're lucky, because. The, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to get the right combination of everything to mean that you're in a position to get pregnant. Yes, yeah. And you've got all of that, and then everything that goes with that, of injections and pills and hormones, and you can't, oh, you can't then go on holidays to certain places as well six months beforehand, which we weren't all, we weren't really aware of. Why? Well, at the time, was it, was it the Zika virus, was it called? It was more like Central and South America and all that kind of thing. But, we, right. but we, yeah. we, went, yeah. we went to the Caribbean, right? Yep, Jamaica, nope. <laughs> Sorry, so you've got to wait six months. And we're like, oh, no. Oh, you're joking. Yeah, it was really There's all these things you don't oh, think. Yeah. Yes, you don't really think about it. And then friends of ours went for it and I basically said to them, they were like, oh, what was it like? It was like, it's fine. when it, Once it works, it's absolutely fine. When it doesn't, it's obviously... The whole emotional shit show that goes with it it's horrid and then it doesn't work and then if you've got to pay for it especially we, we were lucky it was our second try of two that we had from because postcode isn't it of where you know how many tries you get it was our second try of two tries so we were like oh great we're gonna have to pay for this which if we had to we had to um so we're very lucky on that and it's just like but the first try it's like you're almost burning money because it is all about, um, yeah, like I say, it's just, just everybody's body's different, right? So they've got to work out what to give you at the right time and all the injections and then everything goes with it. And then we had the boys. They were, now I always get this wrong. My wife's really good at this. But she, she works with, in childcare, so she knows all this stuff and I don't. I'm useless. So she then, um, they were eight weeks early, but I don't know whether that was eight weeks early for normal babies or eight weeks early for twins because twins are always right. two weeks early. So maybe they were 10 weeks early. But it's about eight weeks early, so they're in hospital for a month. Like obviously, like because they were tiny, diddy little things. Um, and um, again, we it's only when you look back, you don't realise how serious that was. Because obviously they're in hospital for weeks, they're just like, you know, about epic. They were like, one was like a kilo, one was one and a half kilos. So it was just tiny, tiny. Well, now they're just, they're a little bit small for their school year, but they're May babies, so obviously they're just, you know, where they are. Um, and afterwards, and they were saying, God, blimey, that must have been horrible. It was like, yeah, but we had, we had NHS appointed babysitters, it's fine. But we think of the positive bits, we don't even realise it was, your children still know, obviously we're in there every day, we're in there two, three times a day. You were told not to come in the whole time. It was very much a don't be here the whole time because otherwise you're just sitting there with them. You can't get in the way, they've got to do their thing as well. Yeah. I mean, no, they were, you know, I will never ever say a bad word about the maternity hospital, bit of South in the hospital, which is 
great. Well, we found it great. We haven't heard any worse, any bad. And also, on the basis of, yeah, two Achilles and a, and a ruptured quad, <laughs> I've been in there enough. Um, yeah, I mean, they've been great with it all, but at the time, we didn't realise just how serious children, babies being in, obviously, in the intensive care bit of, like, a neonatal ward. Um but thankfully, they, they didn't go into the read. There's, there's three bits. There's like a nursery, which they're in most of the time. So it might be an incubator, but they're kind of fine. They're kind of fine. They're in hospital, so you yeah. still know how Then there's the, yeah. the bit where it's kind of high dependency, which they were in for the first two or two weeks. And then there's the really horrible bit, which you don't want to be in, which is obviously like the ICU bit, which thankfully, touch wood, when we were in there, I think there's one baby in there for one day. Which, which you know, if you, if it's full, you know, obviously you don't want you don't want for their, their parents for them to see that. But then there's somebody else in there whose baby was born so much earlier, and that was, um, uh, I think it, their their due dates were very similar, but they were born like two months previous. So obviously, yeah, that baby is like, wow. Yeah, I mean, to my knowledge, fine now. I I believe it's got the. You know, there are some health issues. I don't know. I, uh, we don't know them that well. And, you know, it's not, not our thing to know. But, 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 what was the survival rate when they were born? Do you know? They absolutely know? no idea. And to be honest with you, we didn't ask. And I don't think I'd wanted yeah. to have. Because at the time, I, in my head, 100%, that's what it was. Because, of course it was, because it was fine. And they were all, you know, all good. Yeah. But anyway, I'll tell you what, they were, yeah, fabulously looked after. And then, and then we had Samuel home for about a week before Lucas could come home, because it's all then about a weight thing. But then Lucas has been a skinny little sod ever since. I mean, he wears, they're four and a half, he's still wearing pyjamas for two to three year olds. And he just stands there, and next thing you know, his backside's hanging out. Like, literally, his trousers just dropped down. He might be the first butler ever to get a six pack, although probably not, he's, he's, his appetite's kicking in now. It's like that. <laughs> My mate's little boy was like that. I think up until the fact the time he was about six or seven, he was still in his 18 months. Mm. He's just so skinny. Yeah, these two are. They're, they're reasonably... I'm, I'm not. I'm only 5'9". But Susie's dad's like 6'2". I mean, he's 79 now and he's, he's still he's still very... He's a lump, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I've been with Susie for 14 years, I think it'll be this March coming. And, I mean, I'll get on really well with her dad. I wouldn't want to have an argument with him. I mean, I'm faster than him. Well, not at the moment. I should probably still am faster than him with a dodgy knee, but I wouldn't, wouldn't want to have a row with him if he got old of me. <laughs> his, his hands are like there, like around. You know? Yeah, John. <laughs> but they, I mean, genuinely lovely people, so you can't argue about it. But, um, and like, like the boys absolutely love him as well, so, which is which is great. Um, but he, he, he was like, um, when they were born, because he's a lump, he's, he's big, he just didn't want to hold them. He was scared of holding them. Now, because he's got bad legs and all that, just stay away from... And then every now and again, he's like, stay away from granddad. And then you just, yes, ah! And you're like, oh, what have they done this time? Sorry, John. No, no, it's all right. It's not all right, John, is it? Because we told him not to go near you. You've got really bad legs. He just, no, it's all right. It's, like, it's not, though. <laughs> and you just have this whole thing of, you know... Uh,
two weeks or 33 weeks the cyst burst and I was oh, in God. the hospital and the doctor yeah. said because I think they had to give me an injection oh no they know that so they said that the cyst bursting might cause me to go into early labour they had they had to give me a steroid injection for the baby's for her lungs mm-hmm. just in case she was born early but he said like but at this early stage the survival rate I think it was maybe I want to say 50% but that might be me making it up. But I remember at the time thinking, fuck, and this was me on my own in there because Warren wasn't there yet. Um, and I just remember thinking, I mean, you can't, I'd gone through all this pregnancy and whatever else. Um, but I mean, thank God, obviously everything was fine and bonus. I didn't go into labour, mm. you know, anything. but you don't, you do just have to kind of get through these things, but do you ever take a time to actually process the shit that you've been through? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, have you? No. Have you yes. Gone uh, through it? Yes and no, because well, no, no, not really. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I do. It's just not. It's just not me. That's not why why I am. I'm just like it's um, like with the boys. They're fine. They're healthy. They're shit. They're four and a half year old twins. <laughs> they're lovely. They are genuinely lovely, but they're also shit. They're four and a half year old twins. Um, and they, but they're here. They're fine. That's the thing. I think, I think that's for me is where I am. But, but I, I also know what you mean. I do sometimes for these projects, I'm maybe a bit emotionally stunted. Maybe I should do, you know, think about it. But I do sometimes. I mean, at the time, I think at one point, Lucas is, is the smaller of the two. He was in hospital and they had, he had, um, he had, he just had an infection. And we genuinely think, you don't really know how bad or good, infection's not good, but how, just how bad it is. And it's not bad or good. Let's just go, is it, is it just an infection? He'll be fine, but look, he's got an infection just to let you know. Or is, oh my God, he's got an infection. Jesus Christ. What the hell's going on? Which, I think he was probably he was in the middle of it all. But then we we were like, um, this was in the evening we got told. We've been to see him and we got told. And then we we're like, oh, we're, you know, we're monitoring him overnight. We've done this, we've done that. Don't come down. But, oh God, I suppose if they said come down, then you'd just know the hit, shit's hit the fan. But thank God we never had to. We didn't have any of that, which is which is great. And, you know, as you do, you know people have lost children and things like that. It's horrible. And you, you wouldn't wish it out on the worst, worst enemy. Um, yeah. Thankfully, we didn't have that. But then afterwards, and then they rang us at like 5 a.m. And we were asleep. I think they were, they were both in they were both in hospital at the time. So it's not like the other one was there. You rang, you're like, oh, my God, why are you ringing me at 5 a.m.? It is never good. So all joking aside, so going back to obviously we know each other via uh, Linz, my cousin. Yeah. Her mum, we were at the zoo the other week, and her mum rang me about four times. And her dad's 80. She's got part of uh, he, he probably doesn't know what podcast is. He won't listen to this. I'm pretty certain it's a surprise. She rang me. And I said to Susan, oh my God, Iris, she's rang me three or four times. She's my dad's youngest sister. It's my only auntie, like she's the last of the three left, you know. So, oh my God, what the hell's happening? I've got to, I've got to find somewhere I can get signal. And like, she goes, you're right, Ian. I'm like, oh, I went, hours all right then. She goes, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I went, but you rang me. You haven't stopped ringing me. But it's, it's that, right? You get in your head. It's like, you're not going to ring. Why the hell are you ringing me at five a.m.? And they rang me. So I went, oh, he's doing much better now. Well, thank fuck for that. 
But he was like, why did you bring me? I was, I was asleep and I was oblivious. And it, it's the, it, it's, if you're oblivious, if you're completely and totally and utterly oblivious, which is pretty much the way I go through life, and that's probably why I just bounce from one, one chaotic moment to the next. But then it's, then it's like, but I don't, I don't think of it this way. That's my point. Is, and every, I mean, first of all, everybody's got so much more shit going on in their lives than I have, I can guarantee that. And everybody's, you always got something horrendous. Some people more than some others. But it's like, like my mate went to me, so it's probably about a year ago, and fun enough, we'd had a quite a few, so you get very um, drunk and very, um, oh, he goes, oh, he goes, oh, he goes, I don't know how you do. He goes, because I, like, I lost my mum when I was like, say, 17? Yeah, I was 17. And then dad passed away about four years ago. The boys, he'd met the boys, but only about five, six months. So that was September 19. No marriage. Four or five months. He goes, oh, it's really bad. Yeah, no, he sucks, obviously, but you know, yeah, but I don't look at it like that. It's, it's happened, it's horrid, but you're like, I'm not gonna sit here and go, oh, why was I? You, you can't, you've got to, yeah, you, no, you've, I, sometimes you've I, just got to kind of, you've got to crack on. It's shit, and you do sit there sometimes and go, oh, that sucks. Don't get me wrong, I wish my mum was about, well, I wish dad was about as well, obviously, but I wish my mum was about, because she would have absolutely adored the boys. But that was 20 plus years ago. Well, 23 years ago, that would have been. So you're like, well, oh, how are you meant to do... Yeah, it was actually a couple of weeks ago because it's 23rd November. So how are you meant to... How are you... You can't just sit and go, well, what if? And, I mean, it comes back to career stuff. To work for all these companies, like we were talking about earlier. Like when I was a BL, big company, good company. Like, it was the it was the XMD's um, retirement dude, which you kindly invite us along to. It's only a pub, it was great seeing everybody. And always got on well with them. I do sometimes think maybe I should have stayed there for a bit. Maybe I should have done this, maybe I should have done it. Well, well I jumped ship to this other company, which I lasted six months out, and I hated. But, yeah, Eric, I did. You still take, you have so much experience from all that. Things like, and even now, I mean, I sit and think, well, I'm 40 now, okay, Golden's been going eight years, I say, whatever it was, like, it's paying my mortgage, 2016. No, I it doesn't, it really doesn't matter how old I've been, but you're 33 when I started it. So, oh, and I see other accountants now who are starting their own practice at 25. But they've got all this wonderful tech, they've got all these brilliant ideas. And I think, oh, God, I wish I did that. And I think, do you know what? Yeah, but I can't change it, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I don't think there's no point looking back and thinking, what if? Because you can't really know, because that is the things, everything's happened. And- you are where you are. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well, I think it's more... Mm. Like, I suppose it's just more recognising the fact... I suppose it's, it's a kindness to yourself because I think sometimes we do just kind of get on with it and push through and think, well, there are loads of people worse off than I am, you know, but I think it's good to just recognise the fact that you have been through a trauma. So... Because I think sometimes it comes out in different ways or... You know, I suppose it's just about just being a bit kinder to yourself, I guess. Oh, yeah, no, no I get that bit. I do get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just a miserable bastard anyway, but that's got nothing to do with it, so. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, I was going to say, there's also like the work stuff. It's like, um, I was talking to someone, they, I can't remember if life me it was, and they went and finally started working for themselves when they were like, say, 60. Oh, I wish I'd done this when I was 40. He's like, yeah, but you're doing it now, so who cares? Yeah. And stuff like that as well. And she's like, yeah, no, I get it. I, I do agree. Yeah. 
You could have, and it actually normally comes back to, I could have earned more money. It's like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. You've got your, you've, you, you, are you comfortable in yourself? Yes, brilliant. Then yeah. just enjoy it now. Don't worry what it could have been. doesn't matter. Just enjoy it now. And then, you know, you might, you might be a bit more comfortable in yourself or whatever. You could be 86 and find what you wanted to do. Brilliant. Yeah. As long as you, right, well, you can do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Brilliant. Go for it. I'm all for that. I'll help you the best I can. Yeah. Job done. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, you're 86. You should really retire, but. <laughs> well, yeah. Hopefully. Mm. Don't be silly. Of course we won't. Of course we won't. Um, so, just to finish off, mm. why do you love barbecue so much? Oh, I just like food. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm again. I, when I was a kid, I didn't really. I was so fussy, but now I like. Yeah, I love anything and everything. But I just like. I don't know. Just like like the food. Tried it, liked it. It's just it's mainly meat based, which is right on my street. But it just tastes good, and it's it's fun trying to do as well. Trying to recreate at home. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to convince the boss, i.e. the wife, but I need another barbecue. <laughs> and I've had the person message. I've only got one. I've only got three that I use regularly, but I've got one. I've got an old gas grill which I'm trying to get rid of. But I want a proper, a proper smoke smoking house. I've got like a pit barrel which you, you hang stuff in. You have the fire at the bottom, which is great. I've got, I've got one, one which is basically an easy bake oven, which is like a pellet grill, which is like it's creates really nice food. And it's really easy to use. And you just you just you put it on. It's got all the probes. It's all all the probes are on board, so you can it's all connected to your phone and everything. And I've got another one which is this company called Somerset Grill Co. And they make they make them fun enough in Somerset, and it's all it's, it's gorgeous. It looks really dramatic. And I spoke to her. I tried almost was this close. I was like this close to pick him up as a client, which I'd have loved. Um, and I had about an hour on the phone with him just chatting through what he does and everything else. But it's just it's just really good. And then when you, you talk to other people who do the same thing, you've instantly got something in common. And then you go to like someone like the, the Meet, Meetopia or like Smoke and Fire Festival, you start just chatting to people you don't know. But because you're all there for the same thing, it's actually a really nice kind of community as well, which is great. I mean, that is a really reason for it. It's just like, oh, I could have like a boring bit of pork or I could actually do something to it and cook it over fire which really adds flavour and or, or whatever it is I'll pick that because I can dry out really easily you know and it's just like oh it's really good I mean it's like for my 40 if Susie says to me she goes oh do you want to like sing in a hall and get caterers or, or have a disco or do, have a band because I did have a lot of band for my 30th and then ended up in a pink toothbrush until 4am we did not do that for my 40th that would be horrendous Brilliant fun, but I'm too old now. Even I'm too old for there. Although saying that, I'm, I used to find my dad in there uh, over the age of 70. But he was a late night beer, so he'd be in there. But plus, you know, he, he used to drink with Charlie, who owns it, and he knew half the people in there. And then I always used to get IDs because they all knew my dad and they look a bit like my dad. So it's like, I know you. Why do I know you? I'm going to ID you. I was like, yes, you know my dad. Like, he's literally just walked in. You've let him in without even paying. Oh, oh, in you go. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we had about 80, 90, 100 people in the garden, um, like in loads of kids, and I put Mark up, and then I was cooking like cooking like for about two days beforehand for like 90 people, which was brilliant, and I love that, and that kind of thing I love yeah. doing, because people go, oh, it's on the counter, but I love to barbecue as well, so that's really good. Did you ever give it all up and open a barbecue place? If I could sell the business for enough money to pay for my mortgage, give me enough money for the next 10 years, it's worth me not earning what I earn. 
because you know I could sell it and I could pay my mortgage off and potentially pay my mortgage off now. But you've I've got to do something. You've got to make money, right? You've got to you've still got to live, even if you haven't got to pay your mortgage or your rent or whatever it might be. You've still got to do that. You've still got overheads and obviously the kids. But I can I can do. And the answer to be honest with you is probably not because I don't think it quite works in this country. It's getting better. But then again, we were out a few just before I did my knee in with, with Katie who works here. Um, she's got daughters uh, six months younger than the boys. So, and there's a, there's a love-hate relationship between the three of them because they're either their best mates or they hate each other and they have fights. But, and she's like, oh, going out to this place. It's just like a local cook shop, which they had a little kind of Christmas fair there. But then there was a company called, oh, they're called Smoking Bears. I really wanted to try their food. And they're, they're someone she knows. She goes, oh, come along, yeah, do you want to bring the boys? Because so she was at Christmas shopping. I was like, oh, right, we'll do that. And I was like trying their food. I was like, this is amazing. Also, I think I could do this because the way they set it up, they cook it all at home and they've got like, a heat cabinet because, you, you know, you can hold the meat for like eight, ten hours as long as it stays at the right temperature. And it's all brisket and pulled pork and like turkey and sausages. And I was like, I could do this. But... They, I couldn't do it anywhere near well enough to come close to what I earn working for myself now because I know what I'm doing. Because I know what I'm doing here. So maybe maybe when I'm 50, I could potentially go, do you know what, actually, I'll have a go at doing that. Yeah. Uh, um, or I could do it on the on the weekends, but then, of course, it comes back. So I don't have time to exercise right now because it's either yeah. kids' stuff, which is great, hard, bloody hard work. Jesus, they are hard work. Oh, <laughs> Or it's work, and work work is when you work for yourself. As you know, it's all encompassing. You can't switch off, can you? You go on holiday. You're still thinking about work. What I've, what didn't I do? What have I still got to do? I mean, you probably get emails. You're getting everything else. So, yeah. So I could do. I could do that. Um, I'm sure, Susie would love that idea. I'll, by the way, I'm going to disappear every other weekend to a festival somewhere to sell food. Do you want to help? God no. Didn't think so. You take the boys with you? No. <laughs> They they do enjoy it actually to be fair. Samuel likes coming to see what I'm doing, but the problem is he's over fire, right? You kind of it's safety first. But I've said to him this this summer coming, well say March onwards, what I'm gonna do, because I was, I was listening I was either watching something on YouTube or I was listening to a podcast and I was saying, well they did, they they've started like for their kids when they're about five, which is you put like a baking rack on the side, you take everything out and you get the kids to turn it. Just as simple as that. So you get used to doing that and then uh, keeping away from it and all that kind of thing. Obviously, you've got really long hair, called tongs and all that. You turn it and you show them to put it back in and you explain what you're doing to them. You show them how to not let them, but you can show them how you'd light a fire and, and you know, how it would like charcoal or wood or things like that. So there's loads you can do without them getting too close because obviously the last thing you want is them to hurt themselves. Um, and then they love like, but then you can help them prep. You can help them prep. You know, you can get, um, I mean, you can obviously hold the sharp knife and they can hold it with you and show you that, show them where to put their hands and you know, teach them about food safety and all that kind of thing really early because that's obviously clean hand, dirty hand, right? Chopping boards and washing stuff and never wash a chicken because why the hell would you wash a chicken? It doesn't need washing, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's going to be cooked, you're fine. And that's a really, really bad idea. And it's just all that kind of thing you can do. But then you can even get them to a point where you can get tiny little barbecues and they can start turning food on there and actually physically cooking it. 
But then I was thinking in America, and the mates were laughing the weekend, kind of, because obviously it's just been Thanksgiving. Oh, there's all these idiots who are trying to deep fry turkey in, in America doing it. Yeah, a lot of people do it, and there aren't that many people who are idiots when they do it, but there are one or two, and they're the ones you hear about. Too much oil in it, you know, doing it inside or setting fire to things when you're like, oh, God's sake. But what we do now, I like, I do um, smoky fried chicken wing. You literally smoke them up until temp, and then you deep fat fry them. And they're the most amazing, I'm unhealthy, obviously, but oh, they're gorgeous. They are. It's just stuff like that. But again, it comes back to in this country, you get something that goes, I've got an outdoor fryer. Yes, yeah, so I bought for the barbecue area. So I built that in the garden. So we had to knock the garage down because my brother, he's my dad's old house. My brother had driven his old being from Essex, XR3, into the back wall once too many times. And because he used to do a load of work, it was all cracked. It's one of those like the uh, garages with like the, like the prefab garages, you know, like the uprights, they're just bolted together. So I said to this, oh, that needs to go. And I said, well, look, we can move it. You can move it around. There's a massive run-up we no longer need because it's, it's not really a garage. And I said, if we do that, I'd go from just a two-metre space where the shed was and we'd double it in size. And so, well, you know, I could put the barbecues there. It'll be undercover and everything else. I mean, she loves the food she comes off. And she moans when I buy stuff for it, obviously, because I could spend the money on the holidays or the kids or her or any, any, anything other than barbecue stuff. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but I got all that and I went to get above the like the Asado it was like the open fire one I wanted to get a proper extractor fan but then I got it it didn't say on the website oh you know you can't have this X amount by open flame but we can only have the roof so high because it's permitted development all these fun and games it did so I, I sent that back and they said well if you just buy something else we won't charge you a restocking fee which was say 125 quid because it was this expensive kit and I was like, and I went, oh, fine, well, well I need a fryer. And I've got, so I've got a, like a commercial, there's only one basket, so I could have got two or four or something, but I didn't need it. So I've got a commercial fryer, none of this air frying nonsense, proper deep fat fryer. So we don't use it that often, but when you do, it sits up there in the barbecue area, so it doesn't make the house smell. <laughs> so you got all that, so. And now I get excited, I just bought a kebab rack for the, like the app, like this fire on. It's got these really cool swords, they actually they are proper swords. It's all beautiful. It's so nicely made. It's very industrial looking, but it looks, it all clicks in nicely. And you can turn it 90 degrees and, and click it in slightly different. And you're like, for something that's very simple, it's really, really well designed. And they send you like welding mitts because it's all metal, isn't it? You know, because obviously you don't want to touch it, it's hot. Yeah. But, but I haven't done the knee and I haven't actually done that yet. <laughs> but we've got all that fun to come. So it's just nice. And then you've got friends around and you can cook for them. And you say, oh, we're doing a barbecue. You're like, what? Oh, with burgers, sausages, no, no, no. I mean, you can do really exciting things with them, but it's like, yeah. it's a slab of, slab of steak or a brisket or a beef ribs or anything like that. I know, that's why I like talking about it. And then when I was in hospital, I was in hospital, I'd found, um, found uh, um, Discovery Plus, I had access to that. I was like, oh, fantastic. And I was like, right, what's barbecue in here? And then next thing you know, you're two hours deep and you're like, I'm starving. I'm sitting in hospital, eating hospital food and I'm starving. <laughs> I don't. I know. Oh, well, thank you for coming on. No, thanks for having us. This has been fun, actually. Yeah. Share links, obviously. Um, if anyone needs their tax return done. And hurry up, because, well, this is going to go out at the start of January, so you've only got... Four weeks at the start of January. You've got 31st of January, yeah? Yeah. So, if you can't help, I'll definitely be able to help. So, we'll make sure we can help. So, we're really good for that kind of thing, so... And you are. You're the best. That's what I like to think, anyway. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, love. Well, thank you so much.
No, no, thank you. It's been fun. Oh. Just talking nonsense for almost an hour. <laughs> it's the best thing. Exactly. All right, cheers, Amy. It's lovely to speak to you as always. Catch you later. Bye. lovely Ian he yeah so if you need your tax return done get in touch with him because he will do it and he'll do it really well <laughs> he's he's helped me out so many sticky situations he's he's lovely so if you're going to pay someone pay him um yeah golding accountancy I'll share obviously links and stuff but thank you happy new year to you sorry this episode was late it was supposed to come out last week but I uh haven't been very well um i had i had a lovely christmas i didn't do anything it was brilliant i slept really a lot i believe i've had like a sinus infection again which i had the year before which is very exciting um or it might be just the fact that i'm so knackered because i'm working so much as many of us are and i think when you get time to stop because luckily i do manage to have like a complete break over christmas with um my main job it was it was nice just not to do anything, but I think your body just just go into shutdown mode and then I just couldn't do anything. So it was nice. I had a good rest. I hope you had a good rest. I hope happy new year to you. I hope you're good. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're happy. If you have any guest suggestions, please get in touch and let me know. I am obviously I've said that I'm going to be doing this every other week but it might sometimes it might be that it's every third week you know but that's the joy of podcasting isn't it you just you get it when you get it and (laughs) you don't when you don't (laughs) um and I think that is about it but yeah if you've got any questions if you want to talk to Ian about anything then please get in touch with me get in touch with him just just get in touch and please check it out Proudess if you haven't already it will change your life big love to you stay safe and sane and I'll see you in a couple of weeks bye hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out Quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 